Good morning. Thank you for joining us today. Here's what's happening at Gateway Community Church. Sign up to serve during this Christmas season. There are opportunities all throughout December and on Christmas Eve. There is something for just about everyone, so don't wait until your favorite opportunity or preferred time fills up. Visit Next Steps after service or sign up online. Share the love of God and experience the value of generosity by visiting the giving area on the coffee shop stage or by going online. For our pre-kindergartners through fourth graders, Kids Town's Christmas will premiere Sunday, December 17th during our morning services. Photos with Santa and photos in our live nativity will also be available from 9 to 11.30 a.m. Christmas Eve invite cards are available today in the lobby. Take a few and invite a friend. Moms and dads, did you know your child can sing on stage during Christmas Eve? Learn more online. Here's everything you need to know for our Christmas Eve service. Our bilingual ministry will be having a service at 10 a.m. At 2, 4, and 6, we'll be having our candlelight services. The nursery will be available for all three. A communion service will take place at 11 p.m. Refreshments and family photos will be available in the Life Center from 3 to 6 p.m. Carve out some time this season to spend with God. Advent reading bookmarks are available in the lobby and online. Celebrate Recovery will meet on December 25th and January 1st. Celebrate Recovery is a great place to begin your journey of healing from hurts, habits, and hangups. Join us on Mondays in the Life Center at 7 p.m. Learn more at our website. Don't miss out when you're sick or out of town for the holidays. Join us on Facebook Live where you can catch everything that happens during the service. Stay up to date with the latest news in your bulletin or visit our website at gateway-community.org. Thank you for being here and welcome to your journey. Good morning and welcome to Gateway this morning as we approach Christmas. We have been discussing the different figures in the nativity scene. We started with Joseph and Mary and the shepherds. And today, what do you think? The wise men. If you read your bulletin insert, you know already. But Before we get started, I really need to share a news bulletin that just came out. It's sad, but it says that the Supreme Court has ruled that there cannot be a nativity scene on Capitol Hill this Christmas season. The reason's not religious, though. It is that no matter how hard they've tried, they simply cannot find three wise men to put in a nativity scene. I find this... hard to believe, I think surely, but it's right here in black and white. So now that that's out of the way, I think we'll get into what the Bible has to say. Let's start by testing your smarts about the wise men. There's a little quiz in your bulletin insert, and there's one up here on the screen. So if you have a pencil, go ahead and circle yes, no, or maybe so. All right, number one, the three kings went to see Jesus. Yes, no, or maybe so. Number two, they traveled on camels. Number three, they saw baby Jesus lying in a manger. Number four, King Herod lied about wanting to worship Jesus. 
Number five, no whispering. I hear whispering over here. Keep your answers to yourselves. So we're gonna, we're gonna give you a grade as you leave. Uh, the wise men gave Jesus three symbolic gifts and number six, they followed a star so they could worship the Messiah. All right, let's see how you did. Matthew 2 is where we hear about the wise men. No other place in the Bible records the wise men coming. And Matthew wrote his gospel as a Jewish man writing to the Jews. And his main concern was convincing the Jews who had been expecting a Messiah for all this time that this is the Messiah, this baby born in a stable that the wise men have visited. So Matthew 2 begins, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So let's look at that line regarding that first question. Three kings went to see Jesus. What did you think? Yes, who thought yes? No, who thought no? Almost nobody thought anything. No, I see some people raising their hands. No, maybe so, who thought maybe? Maybe, well I will say it was maybe so. I'm not just saying that, that's the way it is. (laughs) It was maybe so, we don't know. Why do you think we assume there were three wise men? Because they brought three gifts, right? That just seems neat and tidy, so we like it. Um, There's also no place in the Bible where it says that they were kings. The Bible says, um, well, it just doesn't say how many came or that they were kings, but there were some Eastern legends that said there might have been as many as 12 wise men who came, and the legends grew up around them so much that a historian even wrote their names and described their appearances and said their names were Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. So if you want to learn those, you can, but don't think you've learned a Bible verse when you do. Um, But we know today that the truth is that the wise men really look like this. Not like that. That's the picture we have in our minds. But then we know they really look like the next picture. Maybe you'll see it later. It's an indulgent picture of mine of William When he, (laughs) I know, since I'm up here, I just took my liberties with it, was sitting on the piano, I'd forgotten about it. When he was four, Victoria Stratton took that picture of him in the ARC show at Christmas and gave it to us. He was real excited I was going to show it today. He's 17 now. The truth is we don't know some of these things about the wise men and that's okay. Were they kings? Probably not, despite what the Christmas carol says, we three kings of Orient are. Um, No place does it say that they were kings, but we do know that they were called wise men. They were probably something called magi. Some translations call them magi. And that is a hereditary priesthood sect or caste, um, which means that it's kind of like the tribe of Levi for the Israelites where You know, if your father was a priest, then you were a priest, and your son would be a priest. 
And they did devote themselves to studying a lot. They studied astrology, they studied prophecy, and they studied the interpretation of dreams. They did a lot of dream interpretation for kings and for important people. They were probably from a part of Persia that is now modern-day Iran. Tradition says they were from a place called Phrygia, which is right outside of where Babylon was. So let's go to number two. They traveled on camels. Yes, no, or maybe so. Maybe so. It doesn't say. Again, we're going to all have to go home and completely rearrange our nativity scenes, right? Because we just don't, we just don't know. Um, they could have come on some other animal, or they could have come on foot. The Bible doesn't say. But why do you think they came? That's the more interesting question. Can you believe these wise men were not Jews, so they were not of the belief system that a Messiah was coming to save the world, like the Jews. But they did have access to Jewish prophecy. Living where they did, over near Babylon, they had encountered um, Jewish materials because at one time, do you remember, that the Hebrews let go of God and they weren't worshiping him like they should, and they became so weakened that they were vulnerable to outside attack, and other countries did come in and take over, and they took them to the Babylonian exile, and they were there for a long time. And while there, Daniel is one of the most famous of the people in exile. He was over there near Babylon, and he wrote a lot of prophecy. He wrote the book of Daniel in our Bible. And so these wise men would have had access to those writings. They would have read the prophecies about a Messiah. They would have been familiar with some of these things. Maybe that's what made them really aware when the star showed up and caused them to want to come. But I have to believe that there was some act of God in there too to inspire them to make this huge journey that we hear about in the Bible. Let's keep reading the story in Matthew 2. We're gonna start in verse two, I mean verse three, and go through 12. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, and King Herod was a deeply disturbed person. He was deeply disturbed, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the, leading, among the ruling cities of Judah. Bethlehem was a little village, but the Bible's telling them, you are not the least because a ruler will come from you who will be shepherd for my people, Israel. This was quoted from Micah chapter five, verse two. And you can see how Matthew is using scripture that the Jews would have been familiar with to convince them this is he who is the Messiah. You can believe what you've been studying and waiting for all this time. Then Herod called a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. 
When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So number three is they saw baby Jesus lying in a manger. Do you think this is a yes, a no, or a maybe so? No. This is the one we can say for sure, no. They could not have gotten there in time to see Jesus when he was in, a, in the manger, um, lying in that feed trough, just born. The shepherds got there. They did see him lying in a manger. But Matthew 2, 11 says, they entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary. So in Bethlehem, it was built in sort of a limestone concave area. And people would dig caves out of these limestone sort of walls, and then they'd build a house in front of that cave. And a lot of times their animals would stay in the cave. Or you know, you might put a teenager back there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and what most likely happened is that this is such a small village, they probably didn't have an inn, maybe not. And all these relatives are coming because they have to be counted for the census. It was time to take account of all the relatives and descendants of King David. And so Mary and Joseph went, even though Mary was about to have a baby. And they got there, and all the other relatives had gotten there first. They probably knocked on the home of a relative. And the relative probably said, you know what? Uncle Fred already got the master bedroom. I'm so sorry, you, but you can go and stay in the cave back behind the house with the animals. And that's what they did. And uh, this is conjecture, but it's very likely. And so then Mary had the baby, and she laid him in a feeding trough because that's all they had. And the shepherds did come. But it says the wise men came later when they had moved into a house. See, they had to stay in Bethlehem a little while for Mary to recover and to go through a purification ritual that was required by Jewish law that took at least 40 days and would require a trip to Jerusalem five miles away and back. And so by the time all the relatives left after the census, he could have moved them into a safer, better place like one of those little houses. And this is what we see in the scripture makes sense. There's a map that shows you a little bit. Um, the wise men would have come from this area. This little dot right here is where Babylon was. And Phrygia, where some people think they came from, is right below it. And the um, wise men would have traveled around the Fertile Crescent to get down to this area and would have gone to Jerusalem first. I, there, I can see it right there. I know you can't see it. There's Jerusalem. Bethlehem would be five miles below that. So that's where they traveled, and it would have been about 900 miles. So imagine if you did that on foot, but what if you were on a camel? It still wouldn't be that much better, or a donkey, or whatever they would have ridden. Um, so they had to make arrangements for a really long trip, and it could easily take several months from the time that they saw the star until they got to Jerusalem, where they checked in with Herod. 
In addition, consider that Herod ordered all the male children to and under to be killed in hopes of killing Jesus, which tells us it's reasonable to think the wise men showed up when Jesus was as old as two. So he was probably one or two when the wise men got there. So no, they did not see baby Jesus lying in a manger. Go home and switch it all around. <laughs> all right, starting with, chapter thir- with uh, verse 13. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up. I love this. In the New Living Translation, which I'm reading from today, every time the angel appears to Joseph in a dream, he says, get up. With an exclamation point, I'm thinking, what is he doing sitting around playing Super Mario Brothers or something? Because it's like very forceful. And he says, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. And they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious, which I absolutely love. I think about, it makes me think of Rumpelstiltskin just stamping his foot and mad, and I think it's hilarious. When he realized that the wise men had outwitted him, well, they are wise men, Herod. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under which we just cannot even fathom, can we? Based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. So more evidence that the wise men were saying they'd seen the the star a year or two earlier and Herod was just being careful trying to kill enough babies to include Jesus in that. Um, Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. And here... Matthew quotes scripture again that the Jews would have been very familiar with. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. The next five verses kind of end this section, and they just go on to show how Joseph was guided by angels in dreams to uh, not only flee to Egypt, but then to go back, and they settled in the little village of Nazareth, which also fulfilled scripture, saying that he will be called a Nazarene. Did King Herod lie then about wanting to worship Jesus? Clearly, yes, he was lying. So sweetly, he said, go and search carefully in Bethlehem for this baby so I can worship him too. But we know that that wasn't the truth because in verse 16, he sends soldiers to kill all the boys who are two and under. Do we have the picture of lying Herod? Because that's the most important thing here. Herod ruled on behalf of the Romans. He was half Jewish, but not fully Jewish and certainly not spiritually Jewish. And he tried to ingratiate himself to the Jews. He built out the temple. He made it really grand. But he also was a paranoid tyrant. He ended up killing his very favorite wife out of his 10 wives and three of his sons because he suspected them of treason. He also killed one of his mothers-in-law, which might be understandable, several uncles and cousins. And he drowned a high priest when he knew he was about to die, because he was really sick and he died soon after Jesus was born, 
He knew he was about to die. He really wanted people to be sad when he died, and he wasn't sure they'd be sad. So what he did was he had 300 of the most respected people in the area arrested, and then when he died, they were to be killed so that everybody would be in mourning, and that's what happened. So it's not a stretch to think that he would order all the babies in Bethlehem to be killed who were two and under males, and that would probably be about 20 or 30 children. So yes, this was definitely a trick to get the wise men to give him information. Herod was more interested in saving his throne than in saving his soul. He could have understood what was going on had he wanted to. You notice he called a meeting of the priests and the scribes and the learned men of the Jewish community to ask, where is this child supposed to be born? Where's the Messiah supposed to come? They knew the prophecies the priests and the scribes. The scribes were the ones who could write and who could teach. They didn't somehow connect to the message that a Messiah had come. They didn't go the five miles to figure that out. And look at what the wise men who were Gentiles, they were non-Jews, did. Are we in that same dangerous spot sometimes? Have some of us grown up with the knowledge of Jesus Christ or grown up through the church and we're this close to Jesus. We just don't take the last few steps. Whereas these wise men, they had studied, so they knew what to look for. When they saw the star in the sky, they were sensitive to it. They were aware. And they chose not only to notice it, but to follow it. And they came from outside of Jesus' world. And they came to find that baby and they believed, and they worshiped. Sometimes it's way better to feel your sense of desperation, to know you have a long way to go, than it is to be this close and think, well, I could go tomorrow. And the wise men came all that way. How do you think it felt to open that door and see that little boy? It's interesting. Number five, the wise men gave him three symbolic gifts. What do you think? Yes? No? Maybe? It's a yes and a maybe with a slash. Yes, maybe. They did give him three gifts. It's recorded. Whether or not they intended for them to be symbolic in the ways that we're going to talk about, I don't know. We do know that they were gifts fit for a king. So in that sense, yes, they were symbolic. These wise men were prepared to meet a king, someone they would revere and respect, and they took the best that they had to give, to offer to this king. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary and bowed down and worshiped him and gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But you know, if it had been three women, they would have brought casseroles. They would have asked directions. They would have arrived on time. They would have helped deliver the baby. They would have cleaned the stable and brought practical gifts, diapers and wipes. They actually have this written down on tea towels that you can buy on Amazon. So it's a thing. It's practically scripture. But the gifts the wise men brought were pretty practical because they were expensive. They were worth a lot. And this poor family could have used them to um, buy their way to Egypt and live there and then come back around to Nazareth later. 
Gold is the gift for a king. The main point Matthew wants to make, again, in this gospel, is that this is the king you've been waiting for. Frankincense is the gift for a priest. Incense was used, this is incense, by priests in worship. It was purifying the temple. Myrrh is the gift for one who is to die. Myrrh was very expensive. It was used for embalming bodies, preparing them to bury him. When Jesus died, Nicodemus used 100 pounds of myrrh preparing his body for burial. What a foreshadowing. Number six, they followed a star from the east so they could find and worship the Messiah. Yes, no, or maybe. Let's just say yes, because they did. We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. But I love even more the versions, the translations that say they were filled with exceeding joy, exclamation point. There's a term used to describe this star. It's Shekinah glory. Shekinah in Hebrew literally means the dwelling of God. The Lord went ahead of them in other times too. Think about times when um, God was manifested in something that people could see even before Jesus. What about when the Jews, the Hebrews were in Egypt and they were terribly treated as slaves and they were beaten and made to work and God sent the plagues and then he help Moses take them across the Red Sea and they're wandering in the wilderness. How did they know God when they were wandering? They knew him through, during the day, a pillar of cloud and at night, a pillar of fire. This is the Shekinah glory of God, the dwelling place of God. God will come to us where we are and make himself known. And if we want to see him, we will. He is not far away, but we are often very far away or have our eyes closed. But God's glory is very real and very with us. There's evidence to suggest that the star of Bethlehem was not a natural stellar phenomenon. Here are a couple of things. One, it only seemed to appear to the Magi. Two, celestial bodies usually move from east to west, but we know that this one helped them go down south to Bethlehem. Three, not only that, it led them straight to the place where the child was stopping overhead, the scripture says. Why did it lead them there? How did it work? The wise men were not lassoed to the star by a big string and pulled along against their will. It led them because they stared at it. They studied it. They chose to follow it. It's an interesting thought for you and me. I recently heard someone say, we steer where we stare. So what are you staring at? What are you staring toward? What do you think about the most? What are you aiming for? You know, in this Christmas season, maybe we're thinking about, I have to get five more presents, and they're not even gonna be grateful for them, and I don't have enough money, or... I gotta get the house decorated or gotta visit relatives and I hope I don't make anybody mad this year. Um, But what about in life in general, in the big picture? What occupies your thoughts? What are you staring at day to day? 
because you're headed that way. Everything except God will disappoint you. Anything you decide you're going to stare at the most that is not God will let you down. I encourage you to hold out for the very best. Instead of the cheap trinkets that this world has to offer, like uh, maybe a great job or $10,000 more or a child who behaves or some more stuff or some better friends, all good things, but compared to the Shekinah glory, they are junk. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these other things will be added to you. Everything else will fall into place. You will have different desires, different perspective, a peace. Only, it only, only works if you follow the star, if you follow the Shekinah glory, if you focus, if you stare so that you can steer toward him. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ is the Shekinah glory, the dwelling place of God. Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So just imagine this. After a journey of a thousand miles, these magi from the east were not disappointed. But what they were seeking was not in the palace, which they may have expected. It wasn't wearing a crown What they were seeking didn't seem very important when they got there, but somehow they were compelled to offer him their very best. And they were so overcome. Can you imagine? They open the door and there's this little boy. How could that fill you with what must have filled them? But for you and me, whether we're going a long distance to see him or a really short few steps we've been meaning to take for a long time, he's standing there saying, thank goodness you came. I've been standing here knocking at this door for such a long time. And the wise men were so overcome by his presence, something about him, that they fell down on their knees, these important people, And they worshiped him with exceeding joy. You know what worship is? It is to acknowledge you are number one, you're it. You're the only source of my satisfaction, the only place where I can find truth, full truth. I believe you. I want the love that will overflow and finally make me stand up for the first time in a long time. And feel like, well, I'm okay. You know, flaws and all, no matter how far I've come to get here, what's happened in my past, what I'm struggling with, this love is so big that I can just stand up and say, well, aren't I just a funny character? I'm seeking, I'm traveling, I'm journeying, and it's okay. And then that love just flows out and over you so that you're spilling over onto other people and loving like you never have and you don't even realize it. There are some things that are beyond description that Christ wants to give you. Do not settle for less. Don't make out a cheap Christmas list. Aim for the very best.
Stare where you want to steer. And he will take you there. That is my prayer for you this Christmas and for all of us this year. And the perfect light came and dwelled among us a humble human life. And he was obedient even to death on a cross for this world he loves, for these people whom he cherishes, for you whom he raises high. And because of that, Philippians says, God raised him to the highest place. And would you like to repeat this with me? And let's declare together, God made his name greater than every other name, so that every knee will bow to the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and bring glory to the Father. Amen and amen. I will see you on Christmas Eve. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.